I'm so glad to be with you. My name is Dee Dee Jones, and I am the Director of Modern Worship and the Director of Evangelism right here at Lover's Lane. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for being right here in Crosswalk. This is the best service in the whole place. I promise you. Um, and and I, I do say it in staff meetings sometimes, but Don and I both remind them, oh, no, the best one comes right at Crosswalk. If you're visiting with us today, we want you to know thank you for coming. We know you have a choice, and we're glad you chose to be with us today. To catch you up, we started a series a couple of weeks ago called I Wonder. And then we began to ask the questions of I Wonder what it might be. The first week was, does God still exist? Week two was, why do bad things happen to good people. Today, we're going to ask the questions, why do my prayers go unanswered? How many have asked that question? For real honest. How many have said, hello? Do you hear me up there? Well, today we're going to dive into scripture, and and I'm going to get to that scripture immediately because I feel like this scripture is going to really help us answer this question. And I love this text because it doesn't just answer it for us one way. It answers it for us several ways. So we're going to start in Luke 11, starting at verse 1. And if you'd like, please stand with me as we read the word of God. Starting at verse 1, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation. He also said to them, imagine that one of you has a friend and you go to that friend in the middle of the night. Imagine saying, friend, loan me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has arrived and I have nothing to set before them. Imagine further that the answers from within the house don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. Ladies, we can relate, right? Once we get those babies to bed, don't bother us. I can't get up to give you anything. I assure you, even if he wouldn't get up and help because of his friendship, he will get up and give his friend whatever he needs because of his friend's brashness. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. To everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Which father among you would give a snake to your child if the child asked for a fish? If a child asked for an egg, what father would give the child a scorpion? I don't like scorpions. If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. 
So how many of you ever saw the movie Bruce Almighty? Okay. It was an, it was an okay movie, but there's one part in there, besides the fact that, that uh, uh, Morgan Freeman is God, which was kind of cool. <laughs> but there's this part when you get towards the middle and towards the end of the movie where he's on his computer answering prayer requests. And if you know, what happens is he becomes Jesus in this movie. Bruce Almighty, and that's why they, they, uh, they called him Bruce Almighty, is because he became Jesus Morgan. God came to him and said, hey, you're Jesus. So he's trying to figure out what it means to be Jesus. And in the midst of that, he's sitting there typing yes to every prayer request that come in. Didn't matter what it was. If they asked for it, he said yes. The next prayer request, yes. And you just see in the scene, he just keeps typing yes, 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 enter, yes, 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 enter. But what begins to happen total and utter chaos. Matter of fact, in the scene, he's sitting there and out his window, all of a sudden, fires and, and, and horns hawking and people yelling. And so, I mean, it turns into utter chaos. And in that, he discovers, okay, maybe yes wasn't the answer for every single prayer request that came in. I'm glad I'm not Jesus. I'm glad I'm not Jesus. But this scripture really, really answers this question for us. Why do our prayers go unanswered? And the first that it reminds us from Luke 11, 1 to 4, is it reminds us that prayer is important. So that's the first thing we have to know, is that prayer is absolutely important. Why? Because it's your conversation with God. You didn't marry your spouse because you both sat there and didn't say a word to each other. You married your spouse over conversation after conversation after conversation. Friendships that you have, that you've had for 5, 10, 15 years, you didn't have those friendships because you were mute, right, and didn't say a word to each other. You sit and you got to know one another. You sit and you had those hard conversations. You had the easy ones. You had the funny ones. You had the ones where you went, um, I have something I need to tell you about myself. How many had had those? But you didn't get to know each other until you had conversation. That's why prayer is so important. And it was a regular custom for a rabbi to teach his disciples a simple prayer, which they would habitually use over and over. John the Baptist had done it for his disciples, and now Jesus' disciples are coming to him saying, Hey, will you teach us a prayer? Will you teach us our prayer? So that we know what happens is, is, is he teaches them the Lord's Prayer. And in Luke, it's a little bit shorter than what we read um, in Matthew's version of that. But the Lord's Prayer, here's what's interesting. My favorite part about this, though, from 1 through 4, is that the Lord's Prayer is also a model for how we should pray in our daily lives. An important part, though, of asking and praying is asking for God's will. Not my will, but your will. Can I say that again? Because none of y'all said amen. Not my will, but thy will. Amen. Thank you. Whew, Lynn, I was getting worried. 
Here's the other thing. Worship is so important. I mean, prayer is so important because it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. Sometimes that's all you've got left. The Bible says that all I have to do is call on his name. Sometimes it's all you have left. Prayer is important. Which leads us to the second part of the scripture in Luke uh, 11, 5 through 10. And it talks about the traveler. And, and here's the deal. Travelers often journeyed late in the night because it was too hot in the daytime. So to avoid the heat, they would travel at night. And so when Jesus is telling this story about the traveler, it is very important in the East that, we, that they are good hosts. You didn't show up and not take care of someone who showed up at your doorstep. And what we find, in, in it, it, it wasn't just a spread. It was the very best of what they had. So if you showed up at someone's house and they needed something, you didn't give them day-old bread. You didn't even give them the bread you made that morning. You gave them the best because it was so important that you showed good hospitality and that you took care of those that came to your door. And we know that that night, that friend was like, hey, I've already put my kids to bed. Sorry. But here's what I love. The second part of answering that question, it doesn't matter night or day. You can knock on God's door anytime. Yeah, anytime. Anytime you want to, he's there. It's never too early. It is never too late. You're not going to bother him. You're not going to bug him. You're not going to get on his nerves. He is there night or day. But here's the deal. If we know that God is always there, then we have to have faith that God is always listening. Sometimes we may think that God doesn't answer prayers because he's not listening. And maybe some of us have been taught that, that God kind of shuts it off. God is always listening. Let me promise you that. God is always listening. You are his There is not a prayer dumb to him. There is not a prayer too smart for him. There is not a prayer too complicated for him. And here's the other part. He doesn't need you to tell him what he needs to do. Now, y'all know where I got that from, right? Because I do that. Lord, it's right here. All you have to do is do A, B, and C. And you know he just goes... (laughs) Yeah, D, okay. We know clearly that God is always there, but do we know clearly that God is always listening? He says, seek. He says, knock. This is an action. It doesn't matter when or where, just seeking. Knock on his door. Your lowest to your highest point, it doesn't matter. Just seeking. It's an act of surrender and an act of obedience. 
It's knowing and saying, okay, I can't do this on my own. So point two, God is always there. God is always there. He is always listening. The last part of this passage, though, reminds us of the responsibility of a parent. So I think it's funny that all in this, Jesus gets it in and he packs it in really quick. But sometimes when we were children, our parents knew better than we did. Did you know that? Often, we as parents, we know what our children need. If they ask for something that is not best for them, we will do whatever it takes to protect them with their choices, right? Ooh, and the hardest thing sometimes is to tell your kid a no. It's hard. Because they seem to want it so bad, but you know that's not good for them. But sometimes I think we think God sits up there and says, no, because he can. God doesn't do that to you. God doesn't sit up there and say no because he can, because he's Father God. God says no because it's the best thing for you. God says no because, believe it or not, he knows better about you than even you do. God says no because he loves you. I love the fact of knowing that God knows better than I do. There's something so freeing about knowing that God really does know better than I do. When I, um, many of you know the story about my surgery that I had several years ago, and, and they had to go in and remove part of my right lung. And I was sitting in this hospital room, and I think one of the reasons I love my boss so much is that my doctor looked exactly like Pastor Stan, except about a foot and a half taller. Same hair, same glasses, same talk, same cowboy boots, the whole thing. But I remember Dr. McGee, he walked in there, and my mom was standing with me. And my mom stood about, on a good day, five foot tall. And she's standing there right next to me. And Dr. McGee looked over at me and he said, Didi, we got to have a conversation. Yes, sir. He said, we're going to do this surgery. But he said, you really need to take the rest of this day. And you need to think about what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Because what you've been doing, you're never going to be able to do again. I know you've worked your whole life to sing a song, 
But you're going to have to deal. It's either your life or singing. You're going to have to give it up. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm kind of like just in a stoic mode. Like I couldn't cry. I couldn't be angry. I just wanted to feel better. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, this voice over here says, Doc. And I knew the tone. It's a tone when my full name went into progression at home. Yes, ma'am. You do your part. You let God do the rest of it. And I'm like this all of a sudden. Like I'm more scared of mom than I am my surgery. And he looked at her and he was like, yes, ma'am. But here's what I remembered. I remembered every night for almost two weeks in that hospital room, my little mom would sit over and, you know, they have these chairs that turn into beds, but they really shouldn't call them beds because they're terrible. But I would look over and mom would kneel. She would kneel at that that chair every single night. And I could barely lift my head off the bed, but I could look over and I could see my little five-foot-tall mama praying. And when mama prayed, it was no joke. When mama prayed, I know heaven stood still. I believe it because you could feel it to the core of who you were. And I believe that I stand here today because I had a mama that prayed. And I had a mama that had faith. Now here's the deal. There are times that there are still those moms that have had that faith and didn't get that same answer. They didn't have any less faith. God didn't love me anymore. As a matter of fact... I sat back and I did walk around a long time with survivor's guilt because I thought, Lord, why me? And others that went through the same thing I did didn't. And God always reminds us, that's not your place because I am still working all things together for everyone's good. That doesn't mean that your prayers aren't heard. It doesn't mean that prayers aren't important. But what it does mean is that we come to a place where we have to ask ourselves a couple of different questions. Do I really know what's best for my life in my prayers? Is my life in a place that I know I am praying the right prayer? Do I want God's will or do I want mine? Do I really know that God is always there? Am I sure that my prayers are really going unanswered? Because God is working all things out for my good, right? We talked about that last week. So that means God may answer prayer and it won't look like what I tried telling him it needs to be. 
Just because it doesn't look like what you think it should doesn't mean he's not working. Seriously, listen. Just because it doesn't look like you think it should look doesn't mean that God is not working. I did not want to have surgery. I was of the place of, Lord, heal me because I know that you can. And I had to have surgery. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to step into the fiery furnace. But what did they say before they were thrown in the fiery furnace? They said, even if you throw us in, we're not going to quit believing. And I believe the longest journey as a Christian isn't when they give you a, a proclamation. I believe it's that walk to the fiery furnace. Because it stands between my faith that I'm standing for and that furnace that I'm walking into. Because what I have to know is that regardless if this goes down the way I want it to or not, God is still going to be there night or day, anytime. He is still going to be present. I also ask you one more question. Is it about the answer? Or is it about the prayer? Is it about the answer or is it about the prayer? Am I praying because I need God to answer or am I praying because I really do, God, want your will most of all? But hey, if you can heal, if you can touch, please do so. But I find that if I'm diving into that relationship with him, which we talked about earlier, in that relationship and conversation with him in prayer, that it becomes less about the answer and far more about the prayer. Because God is working all things for my good. And I don't even know as well as he does what my good should be. So am I worried about the answer or am I worried about the prayer? What I do know is there is power in looking back on your life and going, thank you, God, you did not answer that. Amen? How many want to bet 50% of us at least held our head up because it had to do with an old school relationship? Thank you, God, I did not marry that person. What'd you say, Dawn? Oh, there you go. I did not stay married. Ooh, score, Dawn. I look back on my life, and man, today I am so thankful. I'm thankful that prayer wasn't just a word in my house. I'm thankful for a mom and a dad that put prayer into action. And then had faith to believe that God was still there, even if it didn't look the way we thought it should. Because there have been many times in my life I've prayed and thought, Lord, it really should. There's no other way it can look any different than this. And God goes, psych, watch. <laughs> so then I begin to ask this last question as we close, Rafe. Is there such thing as an unanswered prayer? Is there such thing as an unanswered prayer? 
In the past few weeks, what I've, I, I've done is, is, is I've been up here, I've challenged us. If you remember the first week, I challenged us to show the world that God still exists through our actions. And then last week, I challenged us to think about if we want to see more good things happen than bad things happen, let's be the good that comes into this world. And now I want to challenge us to pray. And not just pray when we need something, but to pray because we want to be in conversation with our God. Pray for one another. I challenge you this week to pray for someone else. Someone else you may know, someone else you don't know, but pray for them. And then I challenge you not to worry about the answer, but know that there's surrender and there's obedience and knowing that God is listening and that God is there and that God is faithful. That he is truly working all things for your good. And what I want to do is I just want to take a moment as we're getting ready to close and as we're getting ready to end here shortly. And I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want to allow you, if you would like, to come to the front, to the altars. If you'd like, we have prayer teams that will pray with you. We have pastors that will pray with you. If you want to sit in your chair, you're welcome to do that. But I promise you, there's something so freeing about letting go of your pretense and saying, Lord, okay, here it is. I'm just setting it down. And I want to pray for this person. I want to pray for them. It's a conversation like no other conversation you will ever have. Prayer is important. You can never pray at the wrong time because God is always there. And God is always working it out for you. God is always working it out for you. Father, I thank you for this day. Ooh, I thank you for prayer. God, let us be those that surrender, not always understanding why our prayers may seem like they go unanswered. But as God, what we know is that you're always working on the behalf of your children. You love us. You're not out to hurt us. You're not out to say no to us. You want more than anything to say yes to us, but you want more than that. You want what's best for us. So Father, today we thank you and we just want to take a moment right here in this place and just bring our conversation to you. Maybe we've been in a place where we're stuck and we feel lost and we feel like we've been begging and pleading and bargaining with you, Lord, and it feels like we're getting nowhere. It feels like you're not there. You're not listening. It feels like you're staying in the house saying, nope, come back later. I've already put the kids down. Some of us have 
felt like you just want to say no to us all the time. some of us have also forgotten that God it's not my will but Father it's yours it's yours so Father we open up our altars right now we open up our hearts and we just take a moment to have conversation with you 